0: Hey guys, just a quick reminder to use code FINDTHEMAGIC to receive $50 off any Gab wireless device, watches, phones. Let's keep our kids safe on tech as they go back to school, but also safe and aware of where they are. So again, that's Gab Wireless with code FINDTHEMAGIC. You can receive $50 off any device. Hey everybody, this is Tara Lynn, and I today am going to be talking about rekindling your fire. So we talk a lot at Find the Magic about the concept of an incubation period for things that we have, that we love, that we hope for for the future, maybe careers that we are hoping for, or different things that we love that we are you know hoping to do at one point like for me for example I would like to write a book one day but for the past well I've been a mother for 13 years and so for the past little over a decade I feel like that's been an incubating part of me I've continued to write so it's not something I've forgotten about like I've been practicing my craft but I haven't been actively writing a book because I've had small children and I've just been choosing to do other things instead, but it's something that is important to me. And so when we talk about an incubation period, it doesn't mean that we're just putting our dreams on hold. It means that we are actively keeping them alive, but it's kind of like they're embers, right? We're just kind of stoking those embers. For me, that looks like practicing Daily practicing my craft so that I can get better and better, but I'm not doing research specifically for a book. Does that make sense? So, today we're going to be talking about that how it can look to have something to still have a dream and also be in a season of life where maybe you're not actively going after that, or maybe you are actively going after it, and I love that too. So, we're going to be talk about that just the concept of having embers of fire in our life that we keep alive that we don't let them go out. Maybe we're stoking them into a full-blown fire. maybe we're just keeping the embers going, keeping the fire at a manageable size for wherever we are in our life. So I have three tips today for you as you're kind of looking at your life and feeling how much of that passion for being alive do you feel? So my first tip is to remember what you love. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, I don't even know what is something that I want or something that I dream about because I'm so busy just focusing on how much sleep I can get tonight because I have a baby waking me up or whatever reason, that's okay. I have this tip comes from, well, I've heard it from many people, but I think I love how she presents it. It's from Gretchen Rubin from... Uh, the happiness project. And she talks about how, if you can think back when you were a kid, usually between the ages of 10 and 12, but for some people, maybe it was before that or after that. But if you think back to what you loved to do when you were a kid, and I mean, an exception to this would be because I've asked many people this question. And if, you know, if you have a lot of TV as a kid, sometimes that kind of squashed out what you love to do, right? Because TV is just so appealing. And for some people that is their passion, but for some people it's not. So, and actually Gretchen Rubin's sister, she actually did love watching TV and she loved pretending like she was writing tv shows and she does that now for a living so honestly who am i to cancel out tv let's be honest but i'm just saying when i ask people this in real life some of them will say ah oh, well i watched a lot of tv as a kid but that's definitely not my passion and they have to dig a little deeper you know what i mean you have to ask yourself a few more questions which is totally great but what is it that you loved to do so when i think of it for myself <laughs> it makes me laugh because i still love these things I loved reading, I loved writing and pretending that I was an author, I loved spending time outside, and I pretended to talk to trees, and I also, with my childhood friends, spent a lot of time in the mountains by my house. And I also loved, loved doing, I did tumbling, so like I liked pretending like I was like performing in front of a stage doing tumbling stuff. So if you look at my life now, the things that I'm drawn to, I love reading, I love writing, I love spending time in the mountains, and I also do love performing and doing. Now it's not tumbling, it's acrobats, right? But it's the same concept, like it's the same body feeling. So really, honestly, my eight to 10 year old self is very true to what I really love to do now. So and that isn't for everybody, obviously, but the, a lot of times our childhood self gives us tips, a little, maybe a little insight into what are the things we love. And I'm actually just rereading The Alchemist right now by, I don't know how to say his last name, Paul Coelho. I'll link this book, but it's all about you know your, your personal legend and your personal path. And he says over and over that as children, we know our personal path, but then sometimes we get distracted as we grow. So... This kind of stoking our fire, our embers, whatever it is, what I'm talking about here is that, our personal path. And obviously, wherever you are, like for me, my family is a huge part of my personal path, right? My personal legend. My children are a huge part of that. So to me, dedicating a lot of time to them at this season in my life, to me, is a beautiful thing that is part of my path. But I also don't want to forget about the other parts of my path, right? So we're talking about those other parts today. So that's my first tip. Go back to your childhood self. What are the things you loved when you were a kid? And is there any connection to what you love now? And if there's no connection, that's okay. You might have different things now. That's just a fun little exercise that might help you, point you in the right direction. And you might be saying, I already know what I love. It's just a matter of finding time for it, right? So the first step is just discovering what it is. What are the embers in your life? that really help you feel like you're connected to your personal path. Um, And once you already know some of the things you really, truly love that fill you to your core, like those things that I just mentioned are things that fill me up to my core. Reading, writing, spending time in nature. And really, I guess what I'm saying is with the performing and stuff, it's really another form of art, right? It's just using, it's performing arts. So those things fill me. And I I obviously have another whole list of things. Oh, another thing I loved to do as a kid was ride horses. I mean, I was obsessed with horses, obsessed. And still now I don't ride them as much, but I still do love riding horses and it does fill me. So it's kind of fun. And yoga, as I got older, like maybe mid-teenager, yoga became part of that for me. So this can morph for us, right? It can change, it can grow with time. But the idea is here, we're just looking inside of ourselves and asking ourselves, what is it that fills me up that truly feels me authentic? Not what somebody else does, not because somebody else thinks it's an important thing, but what's important to me. My second tip here is to, once you've discovered that or if you already know it and you've identified what it is, um, in our journal that we have here at Find the Magic. It actually every single day we ask the question, what is something that is on the back burner for us that we're not actively working for, but we're holding space for it, which again for me is a book. And then I also have some yoga teacher training stuff that I want to do in a few years. But I just write it down. I write it down every day. Like I'm not forgetting about it, but I'm not I'm not choosing to do it right now. So holding space for it. Let's talk about what it means to hold space for a dream for a path that we're hoping for, a fire that we're keeping alive. So what that looks like, I think depending on the season of life that you're in, that may look like a whole career. Some people have the beautiful experience of having their career being part of their fire, which is so amazing, part of their calling, part of their path. I love that. So that could look like a career following that path into your career, which I think is so, so beautiful. I know many people who have that beautiful blessing of having their career also be their path, their calling, their fire. For a lot of people, their career isn't that, right? Maybe their career is just a job that they do find fulfillment in, but then they have, they carve out time other places for this kind of fire, So, and that's a beautiful way too. Not everybody has to have a career that's a calling, right? So how this looks like for me, for the last, I would say, for the first 10 years of my motherhood, what this looked like is, well, and actually as I say that, I really didn't start doing my miracle morning practice maybe until... mm, five years after I was a mom, I mean, I became a morning person, but I didn't really get my solid morning practice until my oldest was maybe, yeah, maybe four or five, but then was the time when I was really able to actually actively hold space for these things that I love. I started reading every morning in the tub, which was amazing that, I mean, it just changed the way I woke up in the morning, right? Like I was like, oh my goodness, I'm looking forward to waking up because I'm reading in the tub. I started doing, when I started doing my Miracle Morning practice, which is, you know, we've talked so much about our Miracle Morning practice. I'll link some episodes to it. But it's silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and writing. Then I actually had a a set-aside time every day where I was writing. So even though it's not a lot of time, I was still giving myself this time to read and to write. I also, a little later, maybe... When I didn't I didn't do yoga, I didn't actually work out work out besides a few minutes workout until my kids were a little older. And in fact I remember when we first started this podcast, my workout was I think doing like a seven minute workout, which is an app. It's seven minutes. And, you know, I've just gotten more and more now. I have exercises that take longer that I really love. But but what I'm saying is, I mean, even yoga, I maybe did once a week when my when my babies were little so and that's that's okay right it's beautiful but what I'm saying is just taking a little bit of time every morning to hold a space for those loves so today I'm going to primarily dive into writing because that's just something that really fulfills me and something that also I feel like I can do hopefully for my whole life right and something that I've always loved so for me that looked like just carving out a little bit of space in the mornings. Now, as I my kids have gotten older, I have recently, just this year, had the most amazing amazing opportunities for writing. And I, re- I just want to dive into that a little bit. So, you know, my second tip here is carve out a little bit of time every day, just a little bit, just to hold the space. I mean, yeah, you're not going full bore into turning into a huge thing in your life. You're just holding a little bit of space for it. So, if you love to dance, dance every morning for five minutes, you know, whatever it is. But what, in what way, no matter what season of life you're in, your end, I'm a firm believer that you can carve out some little bit of space for the thing that lights your fire, for your dream, for the thing you feel like is your path. So, what little bit of time, just as a placeholder, just to keep those embers alive, is there some way you can fit in that thing you love? Now, then my third tip, and this I know only works depending on your situation and your stage of life. So this next tip, the first two tips, remembering what you love and carving out a little bit of time every day to hold the space, you can do at any time, any season of life. This third tip, I understand as I say it, that it really is coming from a place of, I'm just now at a different season than I used to be, right? And I also I feel like I don't know, I don't want to overuse the word privilege, but but I also feel like I'm just really grateful that I am in a place where I could do this. And I have a husband that supports me and so so as I say this, it's with the caveat of if this works for you great, if it doesn't like everything we ever say, right? You can just disregard. But this year, my husband was wonderful and he, uh, as we were talking about writing and things that are important to me, I said, I would love some time to, I was actually inspired by Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way, which we've talked about before. And she says, she calls them artist's dates where you go by yourself. You can't have anybody else with you. You go by yourself and you really deep dive into your own creative journey. And so what that can look like is an evening where you go and maybe you go to an art gallery and then you write about it. Or maybe you go into the mountains all by yourself and you spend some time hiking and writing. Or whatever it is. But the key here is solitude. So you're not with other people. It's not social. And then the second key is a deep dive into your art. So this is the first time I've ever done this in my life. But two times this year, I have had the chance to actually go away and work on my writing. And it was... I mean, I cannot even describe to you how amazing... Amazing, the experience was so. I'm going to share with you guys a couple things that I was able to dive deep into when I went away. So, what this looked like was just you know, one time I went down to a place called Moab, it's a place in Utah where I live, which I'd never been to before, so it was new. And that's actually the one I'm going to talk to you about. I spent just a couple days down there by myself, and I had these amazing experiences. What I found. And as I say this, it doesn't have to be days, but I'm going to just talk about why carving out more than just a few minutes a day, every once in a while doing a little deeper thing. So maybe the deeper dive for you is <clears throat> maybe two hours, right? Where you're setting aside time, you actually go somewhere else, not in your house. Nobody can bother you. Not bother. Sorry, I didn't mean say bother, but you know what I mean? Nobody can distract you. And you're just deep diving so it can look like two hours but for me this beautiful amazing wonderful treat that I was able to do was a few days and what I found was that I started writing right I was in a beautiful place so I was hiking and I was writing and the first day it felt like I was just unclogging the drain like I was writing and writing and writing and you know it was good it was felt good but I wasn't having any huge flashes of insight and I was just writing and it just felt like there was this drain that I was just flushing water through, right? And I was just getting out all this stuff and I was just free writing. So, you know, I was writing about my kids and I was writing about random things and I was circling back to old kind of themes that I've written about before. And then about midway through the second day, something happened i can't even oh it's difficult to describe but it felt like the drain had been unclogged and all of a sudden i was flowing it was like i couldn't stop writing it was oh it was incredible i just had all these ideas coming to me it started feeling like every single thing i saw <clears throat> and sorry my voice is now all of a sudden really scratchy uh everything i saw became this Rich fodder for poetry. So, I mean, I remember being on a hike. It was it was like again like something had opened up inside of me, and I was on a hike and I saw these cacti that were half green and half purple, and I had these words just. I mean, it was it was amazing. Like, I felt like I had to just stop every you know, 10 minutes, pull out my little journal and write down all these ideas for poetry. It looked like somebody, it looked like God had taken the cactus and dipped it in paint. I mean, I've actually never even noticed cacti like that before, but it's all of a sudden like the world opened up and it was filled with wonder. Everything I saw filled me with wonder. And um, that day I had done some hiking in Arches National Park and I'm just going to read to you something that I came across. I had this experience at this place called Double Arch and then the next morning I woke up and I was trying to put words to the experience and it's this, this piece of writing kind of captures the awe that I felt when I was by myself in this beautiful place. Uh, so the Double Arch in Arches National Park is this, it was actually at the end of I just went there for an afternoon, and I had already been to a bunch of arches, and I was like, ah, do I really want to see another arch? You know, it's starting to get dark, and my parents had told me that it was really good, though, so I was tired, and I was missing my family, and I was like, I don't know if this is worth it, but I but I could see it from the road, so I just thought to myself, it's a short hike. I'm just going to go to this last arch. It's going to be fine, and oh my goodness, I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I did. So, this is how i felt about this place and it kind of gives a glimpse into what it felt like for me when i went deeper by myself into a place of solitude diving into something that is important to me which is writing and nature are places sacred or do we make them so there are places in this world that are hollowed by god by beauty by my own heart I walk through the parade of elephants with tired feet and chilled bones. Side note, I'm reading, obviously, my writing right now, but there are literally huge rocks that look like elephants, and there's also this huge rock that looks like a face. So the visage that I'm talking about is this huge face, and then these huge elephants you have to walk past to get to this thing called the double arch. Okay, back to my writing. I walk through the parade of elephants with tired feet and chilled bones, wondering if this much time away from, for writing was worth it. With each step past the wise monolithic stones of memory, I pass the stone visage, witness of millennia of lives that have come and gone over the same trail I travel now. As my eyes clear, I find myself no longer thinking of my feet or my writing or my chill. In fact... Something as small as my own life has fled from my mind, like the small pale mice that flit through my vision in the twilight. That's another side note. There was just these little mice that came out as the sun was going down, and that might freak people. some people out, but it was really cool. Okay, back to the writing. What I feel is the rise and fall of everything. Time stretches out here like a soft gold ring stretching slowly in a circle until it encompasses all of reality. In the image I see this temple of stone and curving arches. I see thousands of fires that have come and gone. Everything rises and falls. Insects blink in and out of existence. Plants grow and return in their death to nourish all of life. People grow and thrive and suffer and love and build cathedrals that look like playthings with ephemeral lifespans, compared to this hollow magnificence above me. Time is above and below and around me, and the moment stretches out to be all that a life is made up of, up of. love and presence and breath. Steady stone holds me. I find eternity in the diamonds of light shining down. On me from the sky. So that's just a short passage that I wrote about this experience, but it was this feeling of I can't even sort of feel described, but of grandeur. I was looking up at the sky, and it was this beautiful connection of that everything has a lifespan, the Earth has a lifespan, humans have lifespans, animals, plants, and it made me feel like I was tapping into something that was amazing and beautiful. And it put perspective on the things that in our lives that are small, like raising children, changing diapers, making meals, are also beautiful because they're what eternity is made of. Every moment is what makes up eternity. And so it's beautiful kind of zooming out feeling so that I could zoom back in to the beauty of every moment. And the beauty of, it was interesting because experiences like this, I mean, this isn't, I mean, what this experience was, was a transcendental experience, right? Which, I mean, the first time I learned that term was when I studied Henry David Thoreau and Ralph Waldo Waldo Emerson as a kid. But, I mean, it's, anytime you have a transcendental experience, this is kind of feeling of zooming out and zooming back in with a different perspective, that you realize that yes, even my writing is going to come and go and it also has a lifespan, but it still is worth endeavoring in. Tapping into creativity is this beautiful experience of taking something that was not in existence before. And then it channels through you. And then it exists. Whether it exists for five minutes or an hour. Or you're doing a performance that is gone. Or you create poetry that you tear up and burn. The, the length of the lifespan almost doesn't matter because everything has a lifespan. So it's the creating of it that is this beautiful engaging process that is full of life. So... And there's so many other, I mean, I actually, there's so many other times while I've been writing that I have felt these amazing, I mean, as I've been going, I was going through my writing before this episode, just to see, you know, what, what little piece I wanted to read for you guys. And I mean, I have moments, I have so many things that I've written about with, about my kids, because I was oftentimes when they were little writing, when they were sleeping and I'm just feeling this love for them, right? As they're sleeping and I have one more piece that I want to write. This was just a poem that I wrote about. This was actually when I was with my family. We were on a vacation and we had been building lots of sand castles. And I'm not gonna read the whole thing because it's kind of a long poem. But it's about how we build, we build our whole lives. I mean, just like we build a sandcastle, right? Me and my kids had spent maybe. I don't know, a couple hours building the sandcastle, my whole family, my husband, all my kids. And in the end, we just walked away from it, right? We just left the sandcastle and the tide is going to come in and take it. And I had this moment the next morning when I was writing, realizing that's how our life is, right? We spend all this time creating something and knowing that it's going to return to the sea again. But does that mean that we shouldn't create it? Of course not. Of course it's still worth creating. So I have this poem and maybe I'll post on my Instagram the whole thing. But the the end part that just kind of captures <laughs> what I was feeling here is so I spent you know, I talked about building the sand castle. And then this is the part where I realize that it's gonna return to the sea. My castle is magnificent. I live a whole life in the deep breath between the tide. I know my castle will return to the sea. I know my ephemeral efforts, my details, my life, the art of my story will return to the source. I can cling as cry- and cry as the waves show me the way on, or I can enjoy the movement of the sand of my life as it swirls around my toes as the tide comes in and I anchor deep. Is there beauty in the building? Is there divinity in the dissolving? Maybe my favorite piece of foggy sea glass shaped like a lopsided heart will one day be a window of another soul's temple, another igloo, cathedral, hut, or fortress, another life. Or maybe my mark will float away, weightless through the ages, touching no one. Perhaps there is meaning in it all. Perhaps the circle has been whole all along. So for me in this, I mean, I think I remember when I wrote this poem, I was crying because I feel like we're trying, all of us are trying so hard to build our lives. And yeah, we hope that the things we do are going to impact another life. We hope that it's going to have some ripple. But in the end, even if it doesn't have a ripple, is it still worth doing? Is it still worth creating? And... I think it is. I think living on its own has meaning. And trying to be our true, authentic selves, tap into what our gifts are, I think is a worthy endeavor, no matter what it is. So, today, I guess my invitation to you is to just maybe try out these three things to tap into who you really are. And in addition to what you already consider your stewardship, your calling, your ministry which for a lot of us is our families primarily. Maybe it's your career. Maybe it's whatever it is. My invitation is to look deeper. And what else is there? Is there something else out there? This little ember as you've been trying to keep alive. And my three tips for kind of keeping those alive, keeping yourself living from a place of that light, that path, that using your own gifts, My three tips are, one, remembering what you loved as a kid, using that. If you don't know something else that you love, that's a good place to start. And if you do know something that already fulfills you, that is a gift that you have that you would like to pursue, the next step is to carve out time every day to incubate it, right? Just practice it, practice it, practice it, whether that's five minutes of dancing in your closet (laughs) or uh, writing every day or reading every day or whatever the thing, whatever the thing is practicing the piano. I mean, Oh my goodness. I have friends who are concert pianists and then they didn't practice for 15 years and now they're just starting to practice again. So I mean, whatever it is, I mean, I feel like I keep talking about writing because that's what I love, but whatever the thing is just carving out a little bit of time every day. And it doesn't mean it has to take over your whole life, right? It doesn't have to, you don't have to lose your balance, You can just carve up a little bit of time and morning is a great time for that. And then the last, my last tip is, is there a way you can do a deep, a little bit of a deep dive, which again, for me, I feel really fortunate that recently I have been able to take some serious deep dives, but it doesn't have to look like that. It can just look like, can you take an evening? Can you take two hours instead of just 15 minutes a day? You know, can you take maybe at the end of the month? Set aside two hours of time where you're going and you're actually like deep diving. Does that make sense? So those are my three tips for kind of keeping turning the embers of things that you love that are your gifts and taking those embers and maybe stoking them into a little bit of a fire in a way that still honors the life you're creating. So I hope with that in mind, you have maybe been thinking about your own life and is there something you can do to, again, still honoring the life and what's important to you in a way of balance? Is there, is there a way you can make some space for something that you love? Okay guys, let's find the magic. own cows. <laughs>